Next on BYU Sports Nation, how many Power 5 opponents do you want on BYU football's annual schedule? Is there a magic number? Yes, I'll give it to you. Where does Kalani Satake rank among the 130 FBS teams, the man who ranked them? Bill Bender joins us. Plus, I know college football is very close because we kick off 10 for 10 today, ranking the top 10 foes on this year's BYU schedule. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. How's it? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, June 20th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with church ball rules expert, Jerem Jordan. I played pickup this morning, and... uh... At the beginning of the game, didn't realize, okay, my team doesn't have the ball. Because you shoot for the ball. We kept winning, but the other, you still shoot for the ball. I think the winner should take it. Anyway, so I'm on defense, and the guy just, like, scores a layup. And they're like, all right, 2 nothing." I was like, wait, recheck it. And they're like, nah, 2 nothing." I was like, okay. That's how that's it's going to be. That's how it's going to be? Well, my team went 8-2 and two this morning. So, yeah. <laughs> a little fired up. Do you ever get worried? Fired up, Mike. Do you ever Mike? get worried that you're going to hurt yourself playing basketball? Because not, there are no, more injuries I'm, in the church ball scene, I think, than I hear about anywhere listen, else. The group I play with, we're not reckless. Okay. It's a good group of dudes. I really enjoy it. We play in the mornings like a bunch of old guys. It's fantastic. Just don't tear your ACL or your MCL, I've, for that matter. I've been very Fowler. lucky to stay healthy. In okay. My, I, I don't. I try hard, but not that hard. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma It's not worth that. it. Yeah, it's not <laughs> worth it. Like, I want to win, but not at the cost of injury. No. no. Come agreed. On. Agreed. Yeah. Stay it's, healthy. I'm, I'm there to exercise. I basically ran around for 90 minutes. Stay I'm healthy. Execu- like a pig. Execute the rules. And it's time that we execute a huge show. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football plays five Power 5 teams on this year's schedule. Four next year. Okay. Seven if you fast forward to 2021. (laughs) Which I actually like that schedule. I'll explain that in a moment. Jerem, you're the man that has the most outspoken take on this. Mm-hmm. What is the ideal number of Power 5 teams for BYU to schedule each college football season? Let me come at you, bro, with some stats. Uh, according to our homies at Cougar Stats, BYU historically has won about 40% of its games against Power 5 teams. That's in Independence. That's with Lavelle. That's before. That's all time, maybe even those 80s teams. Okay. With that in mind, I submit that three to four Power 5 teams on the schedule is enough. Five plus is too many. Seven in 2021, mm-hmm. too many. I don't believe BYU has to prepare for a Power 5 conference invite, potentially, by playing a Power 5 schedule. No other team had to do that. That would be eight to nine of those games, by the way. You just work up to it when you get there, okay? Um, we don't know that a Power 5 invite will ever even come. So why make it overly difficult now? In fact, if it's too tough now and BYU shows that it can't handle it, then would an invite possibly not come as a result? I think that's dangerous. Three to four is manageable, okay? 2014, we've screamed this from this Rami Umpton before. BYU's number 19 in the AP poll going into game five. Why? Not because they loaded up the schedule, but because they played two power fives in September. One was Virginia, and one was Texas, and BYU won both. 
I don't care about the number per se as much as I carry a, care about balance. How do these Power 5 teams what do you balance mean? into the schedule? Like where or where, who? Where the games are okay. played, when they're played, and the quality of those Power 5 opponents. Which is why I look at a schedule like 2021, and I only see one world beater. It's USC. Okay, yeah, that's a really tough game. Every other Power 5 opponent that BYU plays in 2021, the likes of Arizona, neutral side Vegas, Arizona State, Washington State. I mean, these type of teams, BYU can win those games, and they have a good mix of home and road, and they're spread out through the schedule. So it's not front-loaded, it's not back-loaded, it's not heavy in the middle. They're all scattered throughout the schedule. I care more about balance, where and when, and the quality of those Power 5 opponents. So the number does not scare me. The opponents this year are frightening because they're typically high quality on the road. There's not much balance to this year's schedule. So that's what is disconcerting. 2021, yeah, I I don't care about the seven. 2019, even I'm like, hey, there are only four, but it's all front-loaded. Yeah, and and three at home. Let me tell you two reasons why I'm I'm scared of the number. The 40% number, so seven opponents, you're probably going three and four. Okay, so you're asking for four losses already. But typically, BYU has played really good Power 5 opponents in those group of five years that they were yes. playing in the Mountain West the, and the WAC. The other one is getting injured. Those teams are built differently than the group of five teams. There's a chance you get injured. I don't like that idea. Sporting news writer Bill Bender, who will join us in the next segment, ranked all 130 FBS coaches. Kalani Satake comes in at number 85. Spencer, is that fair? I don't think it's fair. Why? Because I think Kalani Satake is better than the 85th best college football coach in the country. Why should he be ranked higher? But from a national perspective, coming off of a 4-9 and nine season, and now him being a 500 coach four, overall four and nine. Through, two and season, through two seasons, I can understand it. I don't think it's fair, but I can understand why after two seasons, somebody that's not immediately tied into the program and close like we are and have strong opinions and know everything that's going on, I can see why they would do that. So where I, should he be ranked? I think Kalani has been handed some really tough things on his plate that he's had to kind of learn how to deal with and figure out, and he's still a young head coach. He's still learning. So I'd probably put him, I don't know, 10 or 15 spots higher right now, mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle, between 65 and 75 probably. Yeah, if he's a 500 coach, should he be in the middle somewhere? I, I don't know. I, I don't really know 80 to 70 somewhere um yeah it's hard to know what Kalani Satake is as a coach we know what he is as a person we all like him like who doesn't like Kalani Satake we all like him um was 2016 a product of Taysom Hill Jamal Williams Fred Warner Harvey Longy and Kainakua or was that good coaching was 2017 a product of inept offensive scheme massive injuries overly loaded three-game stretch near the beginning with Utah LSU and Wisconsin I don't know. We need another season or two to really kind of know what Kalani Satake is as a head coach. And Jeff Grimes can certainly help that. Elias Tuyaki can certainly help that. But year three, after three years, you have an idea of what you've got with a given group of people or, or person. So this is, a, this is a somewhat defining year. Like if BYU can go to a bowl game, improve, all, all we want, everybody – Watching, listening to this is improvement. I don't need a 10-win season. I just need a step forward. And to me, that's a bullion. I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a minute. I feel that, generally speaking, when teams perform well, coaches probably get too much credit. And when teams don't perform well, 
Coaches probably take too much of the blame. The players play. Coaches coach, players play. There's a happy medium there. They can make a huge difference. They can make a difference, but I still feel like the players still have to go and execute that game plan. If you have the best coach ever, if your players won't execute and you don't have the right players in place. Then he's not that good of a coach because they didn't listen. Like, I, I think the, the degree to which the players there, listen matters as well. There is agency and, involved in what players decide to do and decide not to do. Sure, but if they, if they all exercise that against the coach's will, the coach wasn't that good of my, a coach. My in point my opinion. is... Also, Kalani Satake is the highest paid church employee. Like, there's a lot... It, and then... The pressure's there, two, I know. Yeah. And you're number three. Not. <laughs> I, yes, the pressure's there. The pressure's there because there's a backing from a church. He's making the most money, I think. Of any church employee. My point is, typically, they get too much credit or too much blame depending on what the team does. Okay, let's pull it back and not overreact for a change. Overreacting is the funnest part of this. What are you talking about? You brought up the (laughs) bowl game conversation, Jerem. Did you know BYU football does not have a bowl tie-in for the 2018 college football season? At least they're the forever poinsettia bowl champs, right? (laughs) Yeah. The Cougars are a free agent of sorts. Huh? 40 bowl games and no tie? Is there a scenario where a bowl-eligible BYU team could be there with six-plus wins and not be invited to a bowl game? Yes. This possibility exists. Um, And that would be really bad. However, I'm confident a conference won't produce enough teams and BYU would get into a game if... It was bowl eligible. The relationship is strong with ESPN. Trust me. If there's a bowl game to be had for BYU, ESPN, I believe, will make sure that that hookup happens. The key isn't that ESPN hooks BYU up. The key is that BYU gets to six wins. And my question with that is, why doesn't BYU have one? Are there no available ties? That's the only logical answer, right? Uh, Tinfoil hat guy is going to say, oh, wait. Uh, BYU knew it wasn't going to be good in 2017 and 18 would be maybe a struggle. And so it had no bowl game. I don't believe that for a second, but I do like conspiracy theories. Well, the poinsettia (laughs) bowl was locked in for 2018, but then why? Yes. So why would you be worrying about like it goes away and then you look and you're like, oh, there are no available bowl tie-ins now. But what about this year? That's what I'm saying. This year was the point said. What bowl. about last year? Like that's why, a, di- like, that's why a different scenario. It, why isn't yeah. there a bowl for BYU? That's a different. Are they scenario. all contracted? If they're all contracted, I get it. That makes sense. There's no bowl game for us. I you would have assume to have that they are. Up. I would assume that they are. There has never or, been a scenario. There has never been a scenario in the current bowl scheme where a team with six wins hasn't played in a bowl game. Where it didn't have some NCAA sanctions or whatever. Exactly. Sure. Like, I just. <laughs> There's enough bowl games. <laughs> yes, I'm not, I'm not techni- really worried about it. Technically, it could happen, but it's not going to. There are so many bowl games that if you win six games and you have a national brand like BYU, you will be playing over the holidays. Yes, BYU is going to be an attractive bowl, uh, bowl team. Now, next year, not this year, 2019, BYU does have a bowl tied to the Hawaii Bowl. A bowl in which you're likely to lose money going to. It's just expensive to go there. Um, and the payout isn't high enough to offset the cost. But it's something that you want to do. You want to go to a bowl game, right? We are in a situation where 5-7 and seven teams 
at least a few, are consistently going to bowl games at the end of the season. Assuming that you have the academic progress rate and whatever. Yeah, does a six-win BYU team find a way into one of these 40 bowl games? Yes. Now, my concern would be that there is an available bowl game, but they said no to BYU. It's like, what? Oh. Shoot. Well, then there's a personal agenda there, okay? Because I think most bowl committees— I don't know who would say no to BYU. —want to sell tickets and make money, right? It, BYU may, will help the, you do that. Like the RNL Carriers Bowl in Louisiana or something? Is that just not like a good fit? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know of a bowl game that has said no, but I'm just wondering. At the World Cup, uh, the host, Russia, is crushing it. They're 2-0. Uh, and oh, Yeah. Six points. Uh, eight goals. One allowed. Suspenser. Which BYU team or opponent has the best home field— Court, pitch, ice, advantage. Ooh. Can I give you one for both BYU and their opponents specific to the college football season? It sounds like you will. Okay, because, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. BYU men's volleyball has the best home court advantage on campus. Men's volleyball? Yes. Mm, okay. I, they are not as good as the women in record. Okay. Last year, maybe BYU you, lost maybe. to Loyola, Chicago, UC Santa Barbara, and Grand Canyon, was it? Or Concordia. Concordia. Okay. That opened my eyes. I was like, oh, the home court is not the same. Historically, I feel like Ben's, or BYU men's volleyball has been, it's been pretty good. the strongest team in this midfield house. The magic always comes along. You get 4,000-plus in there. It's unlike any other place I've ever watched a live college sporting event. Okay, it, it's very unique. So I, for me, BYU men's volleyball over the generations, okay, the decades. How many generations are we talking about? They started in ninety. <laughs> uh, NCA at least. Hey, secondly, for BYU football opponents, Wisconsin to me has the best home field advantage that the Cougars will play in this year. I mean that. Are you sure it's not UMass? Laden <laughs> tradition, not a gimme, not a not stadium. a guaranteed win. Guaranteed Jerem. win. That not a guaranteed win. Not a guaranteed win in Foxborough. Okay, here's. Yeah, what? Yeah, what do you got? Okay, Gonzaga and Vegas, Un- oh. almost unbeatable. I saw St. Mary's beat them one time there, but uh, Gonzaga and Vegas that is that is tough. Now that that one's tricky. You're right. It is Gonzaga in Vegas, and I feel like they have more of a home court advantage in Vegas than they do in Spokane. Well, it's their, it's their tournament. The way it's presented by the West Coast Conference. Good. It's Gonzaga really good. Invitational. Okay. The BYU women's volleyball has okay. the best home field advantage of any BYU team right now. Since 2012, they are 81-3. and three. Are yes. you kidding me? Yes. 81-3? and three? We can name the three losses, I think. Yes. Utah. Washington, who was uh-huh. top five. I called both of those. <laughs> yes, nice. But you called all those wins, too. That um, is true. And then Gonzaga in 2012. Was it? I don't know the third one. I looked it up. I can't remember. 81 and three. Are you kidding me? That is incredible. The men have not been as good as that. They have double digit losses since 2012 at home. That's bonkers. Yes. Recently, That's insane. Recently, BYU women's volleyball has the best home court advantage. My, my take was from. Late 90s on. From 99 to BYU men's 2011. Volleyball, really tough to beat. Awesome. How about we just say volleyball? Yeah, volleyball in general. Volleyball. Just volleyball. Volleyball. It's a volleyball school. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> volleyball. Our question of the day. Going back to the Power 5 conversation. What is the ideal number of Power 5 teams for BYU to schedule each season and why? Let's hear from you. This is the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Grizzfather in on the Twitter machine. Honestly, I'd love to see as many as possible. 
having more lower-level Power Fives would be good, but not knowing how good a team will be several years out is the hard part. Sure. So schedule as many as possible, I say. Okay, there's been a season where BYU played seven Power Fives in a year. It was 2013. After the break, I'll tell you how BYU fared in those seven as the only case study in independence of playing that many in a year. It's still flooding in Charlottesville in my mind from that season. Yeah, that was rough. At Child J 2015, 9 to 10 each year. Does that mean you have BYU in a Power 5 conference? Child, please. 9 to 10? BYU has never done that, nor do I see a scenario where they will ever do that unless they're in a Power 5 conference. How about we just wait until then? Why why do we have to get ready for that? We don't even know it's coming. They continue. Is it food storage? BYU should have the same number as the other elite college teams do. That is the desired goal. So stop complaining about how hard the schedule is and start winning games. This isn't 1984. It's time to act like we belong in the top tier. BYU doesn't belong in the top tier. They belong in the middle tier. That's where they want to be, in the middle of a Power 5 conference. They want to be in the bottom of a Power 5 conference, for goodness sake. Just be in a Power 5 conference. Just in one. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, whichever social media platform you prefer. I appreciate the strong opinion. I just don't agree. It's okay. Coming up, the first 10 and 10 of the season. I'll give you my top 10 teams on the Cougars football schedule. Why in the world did Bill Bender rank Kalani Sitake as the 85th best coach out of 130? We're going to ask him straight up. He'll join the program next. And does he have BYU going to a bowl game this year? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Football Media Day is Friday. Starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time on the YouTube channel for BYU TV Sports. Uh, Web chats hosted by Lauren McLean. State of the program on BYU TV at 11 a.m. Eastern. A two-hour BYU Sports Nation from 12 to 2. More web chats, including one in Spanish with Lauren, Portuguese with me, and then Korean with Spencer. BYU Mishik Chukotehe. Starting at 3.30 Eastern time. Seja Bang Vindo to that. And then uh, behind the mic with Greg Rubel on BYU Radio. Cougars in the NFL. Four Eastern. More web chats at 5. Basically, just hang out with us all day, and you're going to get more than you can handle. It's coming up Friday. There will be at least two people in the building that speak Korean. You and Corbin Kafu. <laughs> Anybody else involved? Hey, feel free to stop by. Hanguk <laughs> mal. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation, jumping on social media, at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram, hashtag BYUSN. When you want to converse with us. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is Bill Bender, college football insider and writer for the Sporting News. Bill, nice to have you back on the show. Hey, it's great to be back on you, with you guys. That means we're a little bit closer to college football season. Thanks Amen. For having me. Indeed it does. We're starting a 10-10 and 10 segment, uh, breaking down the top 10 teams that BYU will play. Jeremy will have that in a moment. Right now, Bill Bender with us. Bill, you just produced college football's coaching rankings all the way from 1 to 130. Kalani Satake in at number 85. How much can one good season, let's say 2018, impact that ranking for Coach Satake? Well, I'm sure a, a season in the other direction would help. I mean, obviously last year wasn't the result that BYU wanted or Coach Satake for that reason, I'm sure. But um, we all know the schedule was really tough. And we know the schedule especially tough in September this year. I think that will go a long way in determining where the Cougars go. But 
that list is tough. It's really tough to compile a list of one to one thirty. I always joke that everybody agrees with all of my picks one to one thirty, and there can't be any arguments. But we both know, we all know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's hard making it because you want to make friends, yet you make some enemies by ranking someone lower, or whatever. Uh, but how ultimately did you come to number eighty five for Kalani Satake? Well, again, it comes down to. You, you want consistency in the two years that have been pretty polarizing. You have a nine-win year to start, then you go back to four last year, end up with a 500 coach in a program that's show to increase its profile. And the best way to increase for those Power Five conferences is to keep winning against the Power Five conferences. And that's the, the challenge they face with the opportunities they have in 18. Bill Bender of the Sporting News with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, you broke down season one and two, nine and four, four and nine. What kind of win-loss record do you expect for BYU in Kalani Satake's third season? Well, I think you got to break it up into two separate parts, and I'll, and I'll say that this way. I think you start with the home schedule. Seven games, looking at it right here, you almost have to sweep those, right? Or BYU, or BYU I would ask you guys, are BYU fans expecting 7-0 and at worst 6-1 there, right? Yeah, at, at home, I'd, I'd say probably one loss and then win the rest. So, so right there, you're in a bull game. Now, I don't know who made this road schedule, but it is brutal. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you got to go to Tucson, then you go to Camp Randall, which is probably one of the toughest places to play in the Big Ten. Then you go to Washington, another top ten team, and then Boise State, probably five representative in the New Year's Day six and then we're game with Utah. It'll come down to how many of The phone gods did not did not like Bill's answer. Yeah. So they hung up on it. Well, him. listen. <laughs> the road like this is the hardest road schedule in a long time. I don't know if it's ever. Because the quality of opponents is is not like crazy, right? At Washington and at Wisconsin, those are those are really really hard. Well, it's clear but BYU's that- played at uh, you know who was it? Florida State and UCLA in a They've year. They've done Air this Force. before. Like, like it's been worse, but the fact that it's kind of stacked in September, I don't know that that's it's been quite like that before. They've done like, this like before. Five Power Fives, four on the road. While we wait for uh, Bill to get back, and hopefully we get him back. Uh, from the Sporting News. In 2013, BYU played seven Power Fives. Okay, so this is this is a, a case study for 2021. BYU went two and five. They did have close losses to Virginia. Oh, that one still and, haunts me. And Utah by seven. That one also so, haunts so, me. So BYU could have gone three and four, four and three pretty easily, but they went two and five. Like, that was a lot of losses. All five losses were Power Five losses that year. Bill Bender back with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Bill, apparently, uh, Jerem said the scheduling gods did not like your answer, and so they, they cut you off. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to try it again, uh, going back to that road schedule for BYU. I mean, what, what kind of win-loss total in, in those Power 5 road games do you, do you see for the Cougars? Well, I think the goal should be try to steal two, and then you kind of rank them out, like which ones could they steal I think it starts with making a statement against Arizona, uh, a program in transition. You're going to have to try to put the wraps on Khalil Tate, but that's a winnable game. I don't know where BYU will be at the end of the season, but a rivalry game against Utah obviously would probably mean the most. Um, I mean, full honesty, I don't like their chances at Wisconsin or Washington because, I mean, those are really tough places to play, and those are teams that I think could make the college football playoff. 
And then Boise State's one. Again, that's a team you don't know where they're at. So I think trying to go 3-2 and two against that, if, if BYU went 3-2 and two against those five teams, I think everybody that's a Cougars fan would have to consider that a win. Oh, absolutely. I'll take 2-3 and three a win after last year, honestly. I'm just keeping it low at this point. Um, the Sporting News has BYU playing Navy in the Armed Forces Bowl December 22nd as a preseason projection. Um, why do you think that was a good fit for the Cougars, potentially? Well, though, if they get in the bowl, they would play in a bowl, something like that. I think that'd be a good matchup, too. I'd enjoy watching BYU and Navy go at it. Oh, uh, yeah, Navy. the Polynesian Mormon head coach bowl. <laughs> that, that would be a fun matchup. I, I, you know, those bowl projections are so hard to do this early, but obviously BYU has had things where, they're, they're t- unless you guys did something I don't, I believe their tie hasn't been official, right? They don't have an official bowl tie. So. Correct. I would see them going in a bowl of that caliber if they were to get in, unless they, you know, they, they, it's with them and Notre Dame, we've been waiting for them to kind of push to see if they're going to get that New Year's Day six bowl. I know Notre Dame's done it once. Bill, we'll finish with this question. Where do you rank BYU right now before game number one, and where do you think they'll be ranked in the 1-130 to at the end of the 2018 season? I, I mean, they're probably a program in the 60s right now. Um and, and the chance, but like I said, the chance to move up. If they finish, if they get those two best case scenarios that we're kind of talking about, so we're saying your your ceiling is ten if they go seven and zero at home and three and two on the road, and they, I'd say the the mean of that, I think it's called the mean or the median, would be about eight or nine. Eight or nine would be a great season for BYU. It would get them back in the top forty. It would mean that Kalani Sataki and the coordinator switch and everything else panned out, and they figured out. Again, the answer wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Our appreciation to Bill Bender for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. No, it would be fantastic. The answer was too good. So he has it would be right fantastic. Now, he said somewhere in the 60s, maybe the 70 range. But if they win eight games, now you're, now you're getting back into the top 50 conversation. Sure, and then 4-9 was an anomaly and not the trend, right? And that's what we all hope is that – Four and nine was like this just weird season that we can all forget, like oh two, three, four. All right, Bill Bender of the Sporting News had his say on why he ranked Kalani Satake eighty fifth among all college football coaches. You can hear the podcast. Just download it on iTunes, Google Play, or the TuneIn app if you want that whole conversation again, including the uh, interruptions and all. Not one. But two. Our question of the day What is the ideal number of power five teams for BYU to schedule each season? And why do you feel that way? From Facebook, Kyle Nelson. Four, two top-tier Power Fives and two lower-tier Power Fives. BYU can increase the number of Power Five games when they join a conference or have consistent 10-win seasons. Fun fact, uh, in Independence, BYU only has one record uh, against Power Fives in a season. Only one season has BYU gone over 500 in that. So I'm telling you, the more you stack up, the more likely you are to have a winning re- or losing record in those. So if you go three or four, chances are you're two and two or one and three. You hope you go three and one one year. The only year in w- BYU in which BYU was 500 or better was 2014. They were three and zero. There are only two quarterbacks, and, and you know why? And you know why they were three and zero? Because Cal was a five win team, and Virginia was a two win team. Those teams stunk. There Texas are, ended up eight and five. There are only two quarterbacks in the last essentially 30 years. 
that have winning records against Power 5 teams. So Max Hall and Kevin Federick. Listen, I get the let's raise the bar thing, let's play better, but unless BYU is a better team and has better players and everything's just better, history tells us that you're going to lose more than half of those games. So I submit to you, why schedule more of them? If you want to just play a tough schedule and be on ESPN, everything's great. But if you want to be ranked and relevant, I say play three or four quality opponents. Do your best to go two and two, three and one, four and oh. Chances are you're not going four and oh or three and one historically. And then you go from there. You can still play quality teams outside of the Power Five, too. Boise State every year, awesome. Utah State, a rival. You can get the other good type of group of five teams out of the Mountain West and the American and so on and so forth. And then you can be in the conversation. Do you want to be in the conversation before the season or at the end of the season? BYU has produced two quarterbacks in independence that have finished with 500 records against Power Five teams. Taysom Hill, 8-8. Eight and eight. Riley Nelson, 4-4. Four and four. But Riley was kind of in the middle of that whole transition from the Mountain West to Independence. Well, he only started as an Independent. Well, no, a couple, game, a couple games in 2010, just barely. Taysom Hill was the quarterback of Independence, and he's the best one that we have seen in Independence. He went 8-8 eight and eight against the Power Five. How and that, many do you want on the Taysom schedule? Taysom Hill, like the most athletic quarterback BYU's ever had. Crazy. Coming up, a little uh, big deal no-do. How about BYU's first three games of the season? Mm. And the toughest 10 teams on the schedule. Jerem Jordan begins his 10-10 and 10 series. We're getting closer to college football because this has started. Who's your number one toughest team? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation friends gather around. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. National simulcast on BYU TV, as always. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. And would now love to present some of today's top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. We just spoke with the man who wrote the article, Bill Bender of the Sporting News. He has Kalani Sitake ranked 85th on the list of all 130 college football coaches. Too high? Too low? What do you think? Listen to the podcast. Download it on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. Which is two days till the NBA draft. Former guard Elijah Bryant worked out with the Detroit Pistons yesterday. He's worked out for at least seven NBA teams. He will join BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Maverick Buffo into the minor leagues. Named a Midwest League All-Star. Buffo did not pitch in the East versus West wrap-up game last night. Good luck to Mav as he continues his budding professional baseball career. He didn't play because he's scheduled to start in the second game of the next series. So he didn't want to use his arm unnecessarily. You got to look out for the best uh, interest of the player, right? He's an all-star. He's an all-star. Take care of your all-stars. Also, we're getting closer to the football season, Jerem. Indeed we are. I know that for a couple of reasons, including the following. Countdown to the Wildcats. 73. We used to rehearse. Like, okay, are we going to say days or not, or what's the rhythm? We just know. Now we just kind of look at each other and go, are we saying days or not? Well, after four years of doing this, I hope that we can 
get to the point where we're what, comfortable enough to just do what's it. What's today's show? One thousand two hundred seventy-four. Yeah, we should. <laughs> how many days <laughs> or how many shows of the one thousand two hundred seventy-four no, no, have we don't, done the countdown? It's, don't. It's got to be like half. It's been most. It's got to be no, like more than not, half. No more. I would bet more than half. More than half. Yes. Wow. Because we abandoned the countdown for a while, which I appreciated. But next year, I'm all in. It's Utah in the first game. <laughs> I'm all in. You've on already that. made that decision. Already, we can start the countdown now to Utah next year. Oh, Why not? <laughs> Who cares about this year? You were looking at a 2019 yesterday on Twitter. You that didn't... I was. I found a gem. I found a gem. Save it. Control I S. I will save it. Okay, it is saved. It is saved for a later day. Uh, something that we should do right now that tells me that again we're close to college football. Ten and ten kicks off. Let's do this. Ten lists in ten weeks. It's Jerem, 10 and 10. Every Wednesday in the next 10 weeks, I'm going to give you a list based on the 2018 schedule today. It's the top 10 teams BYU face in 2018. Not listed, McNeese State and Hawaii. <gasps> sorry, not sorry. Number 10, New Mexico State. Fellow independent on the schedule because we hook up fellow independents. Aggies were 7-6 and six last year, made the Arizona Bowl. First bowl since 1960. Defeated Utah State in overtime. We were all the right kind of Aggies that night, including all of Ogden. Right, Boney Fuller? Doug Martin's the head coach, not the Boy State running back, not the longtime Cougar radio spotter, another dude. The Aggies have to replace their quarterback, top rusher, top receiver, and top tackler. Good luck. That's why they're number 10. You have New Mexico State over Hawaii. How bad have things gotten on the islands? Hawaii was 3-9, and and they lost a bunch of dudes. Yikes. Including a receiver that we can't discuss yet until he officially gets there. Number 9, UMass. Oh, UMass. The 4-8 Minutemen were ready in Provo last season, defeating the Cougars 16-10 thanks to four turnovers and inept play from BYU. The black mark on a dark season for the Cougars. But now the Cougars hosted two against UMass. Now they play two at UMass this and next year in Foxborough, home of the Patriots, in November. That'll be fun. Pack your snow gear, Spencer. The nation's 17th best passing offense returns quarterback Andrew Ford, 1,000-yard receiver Andy Isabella, and running back Marquise Young, who ran for 125 a game in the last six. But this is a trap game for UMass. They play Georgia, the national runner-up, the next week. You have this as a trap game for UMass? Yes. They're going to look ahead to Georgia, dude. And they beat BYU. They're like, ah, this will be They beat BYU in Provo. They return all the guys you just brought up, and you still think this is a guaranteed win? Absolutely. Stop it. Number eight, Utah State. The Aggies went six and seven last year, including the Scotsman, and including a 16-point win versus BYU and Logan. It's the Jordan Love show at quarterback now, and I feel a little awkward about that statement considering my name. The top three quarterbacks uh, receivers are back, including Ron Quavion Tarver, who should definitely submit his name for the Key and Peel East-West All-Stars version number three. Just thinking that. Cougar transfer Quinn Ficklin is the starting center. 88th meeting, only non-Saturday game on BYU's schedule. I think BYU will go gangbusters in this game against Utah State. For the old wagon wheel. I am ready for the Cougars to dominate Utah State. I think this is a blowout BYU win. Ogden will not see it coming. Number seven, Northern Illinois. The Huskies come to Provo October 27th after hosting Utah in week two in DeKalb. First meeting ever. Longest trip of the non tough non-conference, by the way, which includes not only Utah, but Iowa and Florida State. NIU knows how to win six straight MAC title games, eight straight bowl games, a MAC record, by the way. Undersized defensive end Sutton Smith, six foot two thirty. 14 and a half sacks last year, led the country. Whoa. He's back on a defense that was top 30 in total in rushing defense. This is the sneaky game of the schedule for yes. me. This this they, they probably frighten me more than Cal does in Provo. Whoa! More on that uh, in coming up uh, in shows coming up. Number six, Arizona. 
Here comes the gauntlet. Arizona was 7-3 before losing the final three games of the season. New head coach Kevin Sumlin hopes he can t- turn quarterback Khalil Tate into the next Johnny Manziel. Tate, by the way, is 19. He rushed for 1,400 yards on 9.2 yards per carry last year. The offense was fifth in the country total, third in rushing. Can Sumlin keep that going? The defense returns nine starters from a group that was bottom 25 in scoring passing in total defense a year ago. You have one of the nation's best quarterbacks and a new coach at Arizona at number six, which means you have Cal ahead of them. Number five, Cal. There's some buzz. They were five and seven last year with second year. Uh, now they have second year head coach Justin Wilcox. Cal lost three games by a total of seven points. That's why. Ten starters return on the offense. Quarterback Ross Bowers was in a four man competition in the spring despite being kind of the incumbent. Golden Bears improved their defense by 14 points. That's a big number. Last year, D.C. Tim DeRuiter hopes to get that down even more. Yeah, I'd flip-flop Arizona and Cal, but this is intriguing. Keep it rolling. Number four, Utah. The Utes went 7-6 and six last season, and for the first time since 1879, they returned the same offensive coordinator. Troy Taylor has a dual-threat quarterback and Tyler Huntley, who is back. 1,100-yard rusher Zach Moss is back. Brenton Covey didn't transfer to BYU like everyone thought. He's back from mission at Utah. Darren Carrington, gone. Chase Hansen moved from safety to rover linebacker, by the way. Special teams boast the reigning Lou Groza winner and Matt Gay, 2016 Ray Guy winner Mitch Wisnowski. And the Utes won seven in a row against BYU, but guess what? It's time to break the streak. Oh, they uh, have good special teams? That's weird. It's just in. You have Utah at number four, Jerem. At Boise State at number three. Perhaps a surprise, but here's why. Many expect this Boise State group to be Brian Harson's top team, including the 24 team that won the Fiesta Bowl over Arizona. This is Phil Steele's top group of five team. 11-3 last year, senior quarterback in Brett Rippon. Most active passing yards, 9,800 of any player in the NCAA. The defense returns nine starters. They lost first-round pick Leighton Vander Esch to the Dallas Cowboys. They have one real non-conference test in Oklahoma State. The rest scream special season, unless the Cougars do what they haven't done in four tries up there on the Boise Blue, which is win, but three of those decided by one point. They are loaded once again. If BYU can beat Boise State this year, it probably is the best win that BYU has in 2018. Oh, agreed. Yeah, that'd be great. Unless BYU beats Utah for other emotional reasons. Number two, and this will tell you number one. Number two is Washington. The consensus preseason number one team in the Pac-12. Top ten by everybody. Year five for Chris Peterson. They are rolling. Jake Browning, senior quarterback. Running back, Miles Gaskins back. He has almost 4,000 career rushing yards. He's awesome. Also, Salvin Ahmed is a great running back in the backfield. Luckily, Dante Pettis and his NCAA record nine punt return TDs have graduated. Nine starters back on a top ten defense in scoring, rushing, and total defense. Don't bring skis to Lake Washington on September 29th. Bring jet skis. I actually agree with you here now. Uh, Initially, I thought Washington would be the toughest opponent that BYU would face. I think they have an incredible home field advantage. But after discussing the Badgers at length on this program with their beat writer, there's just so much coming back. I think they'll be a top five team when all is said and done. And the number one team BYU will face in 2018 is Wisconsin. The Badgers are a top five team in some circles. This is a rematch from last year. Badgers humiliated BYU 40-6. to Jump around in Camp Randall. A sophomore running back, Jonathan Taylor, will try and shred the Cougar defense like he did everybody last season to the tune of almost 2,000 yards. The top three running backs are back. The entire <laughs> offensive line is back. The top four receivers are back and the quarterback that completed 18 of 19 passes against BYU. Woo! The defense led by linebackers TJ Edwards and Ryan Connolly combined for 169 tackles, 17 tackles for loss. We're top five in scoring, rushing, passing, and total defense 
one of the best, and that is the top 10 teams BYU will face in 2018. Five power fives in that list, but let's be honest. Boise State feels like another power five team. They're a power five competitive equivalent. Essentially, half of your schedule is against the Power Five. And those who say BYU is a Power Five equivalent, in scheduling only, that's what the thing is. I just want balance. Okay, The top four games that you have are all on the road. If BYU gets one of those, we'll be happy. They're all on the road, and all of those teams are top-tier teams. Even if you threw, like, 09 Max Hall and those homies out there, I'd be like, get two. I wouldn't say get three or four. I'd say get two. This year we're like, please just get one, and it's probably Boise State, maybe Utah. What's the ideal number of Power 5 teams for BYU to schedule each season and why? At Stutz underscore Michael underscore D. If BYU wants to be as good as Utah again, BYU has to schedule like Utah. And just like Utah, expect four to five years of growing pains. So you have to schedule nine Power 5 teams like the Pac-12 does, but you do want four to five of those Power 5 games to be at home as well and not all on the road. I want balance. Where and when? I don't know if you can have it. I don't know if you can have it. Right now, it is typically front-loaded, really good teams that are saying, hey, we'll play it. We've got one room, one year to play. You want to go one and done? Tom Homo has said yes. Coming up, more of your social media responses and voice of the nation. Should BYU just schedule all 12 Power 5 games? <laughs> no FCS, just all 12. Is it a big deal that BYU does not have a bowl game tie-in for 2018 right now? This is the BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation will have a live two-hour edition of the program coming up Friday from 12 to 2 Eastern time. Guest lineup includes Kalani Satake, Jamal Williams, Fred Warner in town, awesome, Trevor Maddich, our homie from ESPN, Tristan Hodge, our favorite Notre Dame transfer, and much, much more. It's coming up Friday from 12 to 2 Eastern. What a guest lineup. Loaded! Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting promptly at 6 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Mountain. If you have time, we would love for you to answer this question of the day. What is the ideal number of Power 5 teams for BYU to schedule each season? And why? At Truth's Heart, Jeremy's on the money with this one. Three to four, and all can't be on the road. We need a schedule that matches BYU's ability. Now, I, I agree with the idea that you want to challenge yourself. I just don't want to overly challenge yourself. There's no, there's no purpose in, in getting on the bench press and putting on more weight than you can really put up. Like, we'll get stronger and then you put it up. Yes, I agree. BYU's got to get more talent in here and be able to meet that schedule. Yeah, again, I point to 2021 for balance. When you play the opponents. It's much better from when. Where you yes. play the opponents sure. and the quality of those opponents. BYU has seven Power 5 games. I feel like they can win four of those in 2021 and have a winning record. Correction to what I said earlier. I said there'd only been one season of 500 or better. There's only been one season of better than 500. Okay, a There's winning record. A winning record, essentially. 3-0 in 2014. There have been two seasons in which BYU went 500. 2-2 and 3-3. So if you... But your goal should be to go over 500, right? Like, why would you willingly be sub 500 in something constantly? Well, that's what BYU is playing Power Fives. They're a 40% winning percentage historically. You know what it is in independent? 42. Like, it's right there where it's not a flip them, it's a little less. So if you schedule seven, you're likely looking at three and four. 
you can break up that with more talent, better coaching and whatnot. That's the hope. But I want to ease into that. I don't want to just load it up and then not be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Jerem, it is time that we tackle what's happening in Russia. See what I did there with my play on words? Mm-hmm. Tackle. Yeah. The tackle, because that's a soccer thing. It is time for the World Cup date. Hey, guess what? Cristiano Ronaldo is still really good at soccer or Mess, foot, messy, football, at, depending on where you live and, and how you want to say that. Portugal beat Morocco this morning 1-0. Ronaldo scored the goal. He's got four on the tournament, has 85 international goals to lead all European players ever. Pretty awesome. Goat. Fourth goal in two World Cup games. So Portugal, they're moving on, baby. Uruguay leads Saudi Arabia 1-0 in the 91st. Iran and Spain later today. Spain all of a sudden in, kind of a, in kind of a weird place because of what's happening at they Portugal. they got to get three points today. They're they need three points today. Totally. And Croatia scheduled to play tomorrow, my friend, against what uh, or the player that many other people consider the GOAT, Lionel Messi, and Argentina. Let's get a tie. Yeah, get a point. Get if a Croatia point. gets a tie and they have four points in point. those two games, woo, we rolling, baby. Then I will drop 90 bucks. At that point? <laughs> really? <laughs> On a jersey. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Should have already done it. Let's bring Ben Bagley into the conversation and play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. The Voice, Ben Bagley. Line us up for number one, won't you? Big Deal, No Deal. BYU won. Of two teams nationally to have two of their first three games against P5 Power 5 teams on the road. I think it's a big deal. It's certainly a challenge. I understand it's tough to schedule, you know, and have some kind of balance between home and road and even neutral. But, yeah, this is, this is hard. Two of the first three on the road. One, it's three. And two, it's two on the road. That's a big deal. Thankfully, this is the exception for BYU in terms of future schedules where the Power 5 games, the majority are on the road. Like, it doesn't shake out like this in any other schedule that I can see in the foreseeable future. In fact, next year is three of the first four at home, at home. against yes. Power 5. Yes, yeah. Front-loaded Power 5s in the front at home. Yeah, so this is very unique. It is a big deal because it's impacting BYU right now for the 2018 season and it's only magnified by the 4-9 and nine season that the Cougars are coming off of. Well, I care more about now than any other time. I'm just saying the ma- it's magnified because the struggles have happened and the schedule only gets more tough. Yes, this is quite possibly the most imbalanced schedule BYU's ever had. Like, period. Oh, yeah, it's a big deal. Next! Last one, big deal, no deal. No bow, t- bolt, bow ties or bowl ties. Whichever <laughs> one you want to go. For BYU as of yet for this season. I think uh, this is no deal. I think that uh, BYU is going to figure out a bowl. Listen, get to six wins. I feel like the fact that BYU has a contract with ESPN lends itself to the idea that ESPN owns most of the bowl games. In fact, it's only a couple that they don't. ESPN, I think, will find a way. This is no deal. It would be a huge fail if BYU is bowl eligible and they don't end up in one of the 40 bowl games. Do you want to sell tickets do you want to make money? Bowl directors, do you want to make money? That's do you want your they bowl live game for. to stick around? If BYU's available and you've got a slot for them, they better be number one on your list. Otherwise, your bowl game's not going to last long. Okay? 
put BYU in a bowl game. No deal. They don't have a tie around. They, if they're bowl eligible, they'll be there. Coming up, we'll tell you the latest NBA workout for aspiring pro Elijah Bryant. And who has earned our elite voice of the day? How many Power 5 teams should be on BYU's football schedule? This is BYU Sports Nation. Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Bill Bender of the Sporting News. What's up, Dennis Pitta? Maybe next time, brother. If you miss any of today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up uh, this week, Media Day Friday, Elijah Bryant tomorrow. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Sporting News ranks Kalani Sitake 85th among the 130 FBS coaches. Cougars in the NBA. Elijah Bryant worked out with the Detroit Pistons yesterday. That's the seventh NBA team he's had an official workout with. Eli will join BYU Sports Nation tomorrow on draft day. Cougars in the minors. Maverick Buffo named a Midwest League All-Star. didn't pitch in the game last night because he's pitching game two of the next series coming up. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need a most, DexterLaw.com. Who shall be dubbed worthy of the Rise and Shout? How about Ronaldo? Four goals. All four goals for Portugal. 2-0. That's pretty insane. All four of their goals in the World like, Cup. pass the ball. What a ball. No, don't, don't pass the ball. <laughs> He's, he's LeBron, right? I'm just kidding. He's LeBron on the Cavs. Well, Ronaldo LeBron, to Portugal. Somebody said this yesterday. Ronaldo to Portugal is LeBron to the Cavs. LeBron won a title because he passed the ball to Kyrie Irving <laughs> for three. <laughs> well, Michael won a couple of titles because he passed the ball too. One to John Paxson and the other to Steve Kerr. But he won game one. He won game six. He won game. Yeah, I know. Anyway. I know. Yeah, I know. No, I feel you. Our question of the day. What is the Find ideal the white number? guy in the wing. What is the ideal number of Power 5 teams for BYU to schedule each season? At USU Coug 11 says, like Kalani Satake said, if the goal is to be in a Power 5, then you should try and match a Power 5 schedule. I disagree with that idea. Theoretically, that would include a blend of mediocre and elite Power 5 teams. More blend, less elite. That's what I'm saying. The elite voice of the day from at man called Big Cam. <laughs> 12 to 13 Power 5 teams. Why? In all caps. National Championships, baby. Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> Conversation continues 24-7. And that's just crazy. 24-7 on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand at BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Chris Matau. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern.